0: Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. It's all too common to find out that you're actually making less money than someone else doing the same job. This is especially the case for women. Pay gaps are part of what make workplaces inequitable. Canada has introduced new legislation to deal with this, an amendment to the Employment Equity Act, which applies to larger federally regulated private employers. June 1st was the deadline for businesses, like banks, transportation companies, telecommunications companies, and some delivery services to report information on their wage gap. And with everything already being so expensive these days, this is more important than ever.
1: And so we have some, some pretty good evidence that that kind of pay transparency does help shrink the gap. The general assumption is that having more information gives workers leverage. And so, for example, what the research has shown a strong correlation between uh, pay transparency and various wage gaps narrowing.
0: Erica Alini is a personal finance expert and reporter at The Globe. She even wrote a book that has an entire chapter on salary negotiations. Erica is here to tell us what this legislation could do, and she also has some tips on how to make sure that you're getting paid what you deserve. This is The Decibel. Erica, it's so great to have you back. Thanks for joining us again.
1: It's great to be
0: back, thank you for having me. So we're gonna talk about pay transparency today, but I I wanna ask you just to start, because it's something that a lot of people find awkward. We don't really like talking about money. So I was wondering, because you are the globe's personal finance expert, do you and your friends, do you talk about things like money and salaries? So I,
1: I do talk about money and salary with my closest friends. I don't walk up to people and ask them for their salary or volunteer mine. <laughs> but um, I've had colleagues ask me for direction when they were negotiating salary, mm-hmm. um, junior colleagues, and I've certainly volunteered information that would help them, um, including my own salary. And I've been once in a managerial position and I noticed that female freelancers that I was managing were asking for less. Mm. Uh, and so I did reach out to them. And without giving details, I sort of let them know that they could ask for more.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we started off by talking about this on a, on a personal level, essentially here. But, but there's also this idea of pay transparency legislation. Can you help us understand what is that?
1: So pay transparency is a set of uh, rules and there's a number of governments trying this tool and it's primarily meant to help narrow wage gaps, be it gender wage gaps or wage gaps between workers who have disabilities our racialized workers, aboriginal workers. All kinds of groups uh, where there are sort of uh, the statistics show are systemically underpaid. And I'm using the term Aboriginal here because that's how Indigenous people are identified in the legislation. There are many reasons for these wage gaps and pay transparency, everyone will tell you, is just sort of one tool in the toolbox, but there is the idea that fostering more information and giving people more information about pay can give workers who are more likely to be underpaid better tools and more leverage to negotiate um, higher pay.
0: So essentially, the idea is to make compensation kind of more equitable across the board then? Yes, What exactly are the new federal pay transparency rules?
1: So the new federal pay transparency rules are amendments to the Employment Equity Act. They came into effect the beginning of last year, but just in June of this year, we have sort of the first deadline for employers to include new salary data and salary data that sort of looks at wage gaps uh, in aggregate form and report that um, and, and provide sort of a, an employment report that includes that data. So the deadline for those reports was June 1st of this year.
0: And which employer specifically are we talking about here? Because not every company across the country has to do this now, right?
1: No, I know. When you say federal, uh, it sounds like most employers have to do it, but most employers in Canada. Are actually provincially regulated. Uh, so this actually, uh, this affects private sector, federally regulated employers that affects about just under a million workers, about 6% of the workforce. So this is a tiny sliver of the workforce. However, included in the employers that are affected by this are the big banks. And uh, according to the HR expert I, I spoke to about this, and you know, she made the argument that The banks matter a lot. They are very big employers with a lot of sway, and they account for a very large portion of the white-collar labor market. And generally speaking, whatever they do tends to have spillover effects on other employers. Hmm.
0: This may seem like a basic question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Why don't employers want to tell people what a job pays in in a job posting? Because you often don't see a number in a job posting.
1: In general, um, if you look at sort of the information that's available in various types of markets, the labor market is pretty opaque. Hmm. There are a variety of concerns that employers and employees share. So there's concerns about you know what this information can do in terms of workplace conflict, resentment, morale. But there's also, you know, I've heard this from uh, HR experts and uh, Pay Transparency advocates that it's also a question of power. There's a power imbalance when one party to the negotiations, the employer has all the information. And if you accidentally and unwittingly uh, lowball yourself, then the employer just has to nod and say, sure, that sounds great. And that's that. And it might, it might be uh, really hard to then negotiate raises that would make up for what you didn't know in that initial negotiation.
0: Hmm. I would imagine there's also kind of a spillover effect too. If you know that all these people at your organization are getting paid this amount, you, you're going to want to be paid the same amount, right? Exactly. And so that that spillover is what sort
1: of the pay transparency legislations kind of count on. Um, but it's also meant to be a tool for employers to look at what's going on and look at their uh, salary data, for example, through the lens of, do we have wage gaps that we can't properly explain? And if we do, then let's do something about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. The big one that you you just mentioned there is the the gender pay gap. There, so we're, we see men being paid more in a role than than a woman in the same role. So when it comes to the the gender pay gap, Erica, can you can you help me understand how exactly can pay transparency rules help help shrink that gender pay gap?
1: And there are two main uh, types of um, pay transparency rules that I've been looking at. The one that we have more evidence for is a pay transparency in regards to existing employees. So what do you make compared to your coworkers or compared to um, management? We have um, countries that have adopted some of these rules um, and have had them for, for years. Um, and so we have some some pretty good evidence that that kind of pay transparency does help shrink the gap. The general assumption is that having more information gives workers leverage. And so for example, what the research has shown a strong correlation between uh, pay transparency and various wage gaps narrowing. Uh, so for example, there was one study that looked at Denmark, which uh, introduced some pay transparency regulations for larger employers back in 2006. And their researchers did see that the gender wage gap shrank by uh, 13% over a period of time. And so that that was a significant um, reduction. In uh, Canada, um, we have a recent study that looked at uh, sort of uh, the sunshine lists. Uh, So those... um, provincial list of um, public sector employees that uh, generally make above a certain threshold. Uh, and what impact they had on compensation and the gender wage gap in mm. uh, universities that were subjected to the rules, so across several provinces. And this study uh, found that that kind of pay transparency, which the rules weren't really meant to be pay transparency, they were meant to m- be more sort of uh, public sector accountability rules. But in effect, they were also pay transparency rules. And they saw uh, that the wage gap uh, shrunk between 20 and 40%. So again, very strong correlation and significant shrinkage of the wage gap. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, there are several studies that also show that pay transparency rules tend to uh, depress either wage growth or wage levels. And so- um, mm-hmm. One study, for example, found that men's wages were growing uh, more slowly. Another one found uh, that, yeah, wages overall, like the level of wages uh, shrank. So some of the research shows that uh, that impact on wage levels uh, overall is due to the fact that employers uh, know that there are significant spillover effects now, that if they agree to something with Bob, that may influence their negotiations with Shalini and Mahmoud, for example.
0: So I'm also wondering about, um, I guess, another big picture question here. Uh, If we're looking at a situation in Canada right now, unemployment is very low. It's a tight labor market. Um, I think unemployment clocked in at 5.2% in April of this year. So would pay transparency help employers hire people, basically make these jobs more attractive?
1: So we don't know exactly what impacts pay transparency when it comes to job ads. Those are much more recent rules. Uh, So Colorado um, implemented uh, some legislation to that effect at the beginning of last year. Uh, Here in Canada, we have uh, PI introduced uh, pay transparency in job ads, so employers have to indicate the pay rate or pay range for every publicly advertised job. That kicked in at the beginning of June. And they also can't ask job candidates for their pay history. So they mm-hmm. can't ask you how much did you make in your previous job? Because that's uh, widely recognized to be something that then perpetuates wage gaps. Uh, but I talked to an HR expert in PI, and uh, she said something really interesting that in this current uh, labor market, um, she expected that the, that the pay transparency rules would be helpful for employers themselves to figure out how to be competitive. And make sure that they weren't uh, sort of unintentionally lowballing themselves. The thinking is in a tight labor market, um, it could help push wages up if it incentivizes uh, workers to gravitate towards employers that pay more. That could sort of have a spillover effect, and that is sort of every employer has to stay competitive, and so it could push uh, wages upward.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking about pay transparency legislation that's coming into effect for the the federally regulated private sector. Where are the limitations of these new rules?
1: So the the biggest limitation is that it it impacts such a small uh, section of uh, part of employers and employees. The other limitation of federal rules is that – It only impacts what people call sort of internal pay transparency. So it's only about existing employees and compensation for people that have been already hired and are part of the company. It doesn't tackle um, pay transparency when it comes to uh, new jobs that are being created and and what information is available to job candidates.
0: Hmm. Okay, so I want to ask you about some of the, the practical stuff here, Erica. So let's dive into this. If you're working at one of these federally regulated companies that's now going to be subject to these new rules, and you learn that you're making less than some of your colleagues, how would you approach your, your boss and, and ask about getting a raise? That can be hard for some people, I can imagine too, right? You don't want to always stir the pot because you can sometimes be labeled a troublemaker if you're coming to, with, with a request like that.
1: Yeah. And and I understand the the concern about stirring the pot and being seen as a troublemaker. But again, um, the impact of pay transparency is not just about sort of going to your boss and saying, you know, I've long thought that I was underpaid and this aggregate data kind of confirms it. It can also sort of be the impetus that people need to say you know what like my suspicions this is not just in my head this is happening my company has a real issue and if you've already come up against a wall asking for pay raises that you feel you were entitled to and you feel like there is no i don't want to stir the pot i don't think that will lead me anywhere um then there's more of an incentive for you to say you know what it's time to look elsewhere and especially in the strong labor market um, that is easier to do
0: Those are really good things to keep in mind. Yeah. Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to go through all of this with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me again.
0: That's it for today. I'm Mainika Raman-Wilms. Michal Stein helped edit this episode. Our producers are Madeline White, Cheryl Sutherland, and Rachel Levy-McLaughlin. David Crosby edits the show.